the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the show. Uh, Everett Piper, formerly president of Oklahoma Wesley, and uh, responding in the Washington Times to the calls by certain never-Trump evangelical Christians for evangelical Christians to apologize for voting for Trump, including uh, somebody we talked to semi-regularly, David French, who is just getting further and further afield, as far as I can tell, at Stetzer of the Billy Graham Center in Wheaton, Illinois, my hometown. It's a time for reckoning for American evangelical Christians, said Stetzer. French called for the evangelicals to publicly apologize to the nation. Joanne Lyon, General Superintendent Emerita and Ambassador for the Wesleyan Church, posts on social media that many parishioners within her own denomination might be unwittingly members of a cult in need of being reprogrammed. Uh, Piper says, basically, uh, in supporting the argument is in supporting uh, the orange man, you implicitly endorsed his childish antics and his boorish behavior. You changed your morality, is the accusation. And Piper's response, there's a problem with that accusation. It's not true. I don't know one biblically grounded Christian who ever endorsed Trump's sins. I know thousands, however, who rightly consider the sins of Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, and all those who voted to empower them to be much greater. For more on that topic to start, and then we'll get into some others. Please be joined again by Rabbi Duff Fisher, high stakes litigation attorney, adjunct professor of law, and rabbi of Young Israel of Orange County, California. Rabbi, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me, Dan. Uh, what about that? I guess if uh, David French and uh, some of the other evangelical luminaries think evangelicals should apologize to the nation for voting for Trump, then so should um, religious Jews who voted for Trump. Well, I'm an Orthodox rabbi. I've been all my career. There's no apology at all. I'm, I'm proud that I voted for Donald Trump twice. For many of us theologians, we were bothered and troubled by aspects of Donald Trump's personal behavior, but we don't elect our presidents, apparently, based on their morality or ethics, because otherwise you would not have Kamala Harris, who slept her way up in government. You would not have Joe Biden, who's been a, a liar, a corrupt politician. You're dealing with a position, the presidency, that has seen everyone from John Kennedy messing around with women, Bill Clinton. I don't buy it for a moment. And it's a hypocrisy because if you're satisfied, but any theologian is going to say that he or she is satisfied now with a liar like Joe Biden and, um, and someone who's morally corrupt and decrepit as Kamala Harris, I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it's it's fascinating the position that the David Frenches of the world take, really, because it, you, what you just the rift that you just went on, they would say, well, that's what about ism. And it's not what about ism. it's saying here's the standard. And uh, on some scores, Trump failed to live up to the standard. And on those same scores, Joe Biden has failed to live up to the standard and, and perhaps more spectacularly so. So so that matters, too. You know, I, Dan Proft or Rabbi Duff Fisher, we're not selecting who the nominees are going to be for president of the United States. That's a process. 
And then we have to make this choice based on what is presented for consideration. And somehow we have to apologize when we say, you know, this is somebody who is closer to the standards and I believe will act more closely to the standards than the other person. I, all of this, uh, you know, moralizing uh, from from people like French and, and others, I, I just find really grating, frankly. Very true. And during the primaries back in 2016, all right, I voted Mike Huckabee. He was closer to my theology. Uh, again, I'm Orthodox Jew. He's Christian evangelical. I, I kind of like Mike Huckabee. But we ended up with the candidacy of Trump. And you know what? Donald Trump, he was an honor. He really was, in certain ways, a more honorable president. That is to say, whatever he had done, let's say, before his presidential years, he conducted his four years in the White House a lot more honorably. If you're a theologian and you're worried about morality, yeah. he and his family lived somewhat honorably in the White House. And more importantly, the laws that he passed and the public policies he, pol- he pursued were policies that did more for morality. For morality, the things that a theologian, a Christian evangelical would care about. Um, look, Biden just came in now with transgenderism and opening up children's bathrooms again. Uh, so that boys, uh, biological boys, can go into girls' bathrooms, and he's going to be destroying women's sports that have been empowered under Title IX uh, by by allowing males who say that they feel that they're female now to compete against women yeah. in their own women's sports. And, 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 that's, and, you, and, and that's just waved off by the David Frenches of the rule as, oh, that's a few executive orders. You know, it's a few executive orders we have to battle, and then, you know, in four years we'll come back and battle them as the culture, you know, continues to degrade at... Uh, at, a, at, a, at the speed of sound, um, I, w- I want to pick. I want to pick up uh, our conversation here, and also fold in your perspective on the Biden administration as compared to the left's perspective on the Trump administration and his supporters. More with Rabbi Duff Fisher, high stakes litigation attorney, adjunct professor of law, and rabbi of Young Israel of Orange County, California. Right after this. The more you'll know, this is, this is the Dan Proft Show. Welcome back to the show. We're speaking with Rabbi Duff Fisher. He's a high-stakes litigation attorney, adjunct professor of law, and rabbi of Young Israel of Orange County, California. And uh, Rabbi, before the break, uh, talking uh, about uh, the Biden administration and your, your perspective on Joe Biden. But uh, in a piece you wrote for The Spectator, living with the Biden government, uh, you basically say, you know, he's a liar and a crook, but I, I can live it. I can live through it. We'll survive it. Uh, compare that perspective, that sort of approach to a president you didn't vote for, to the approach being taken by those now in charge of the federal government with respect to Trump supporters for past conduct and also the devolution after 2016 and the shock to them of Trump's election. It was let's go out for a few minutes and try to figure out who these people are that voted for Trump since we don't know any of them. Uh, but we we you know, we have to ask ourselves how thick is our bubble and try to be more self-aware and so on and so forth. That's all gone now. Now it is we scorch the earth. 
So the left wants to scorch the earth while, for example, the approach that you're taking is, you know, we continue to articulate our views. We continue to fight against those policies we oppose and we'll survive four years and come what may. Um, is your approach, does that work against their approach? We just don't have really an American culture in the past that saw a sort of scorched earth cancel culture after an election in which a winning side, assuming they won clean, assuming the results really are what we're, we're going to have to accept. We've never had a sense, uh, 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 an example, where they actually went about destroying people on the losing side, searching them out, trying to fire them from their jobs, fire them from academia. If you don't have tenure, but you're an adjunct professor, you're in danger right now. You know, we had a slogan, a lot of us pro-Trump people, uh, there was that slogan, lock her up, lock her up, uh, because Hillary Clinton does belong in federal prison. She did, col- she did commit felonies uh, when she destroyed the 33,000 emails, which, but, but, which is absolutely a federal uh, crime, spoliation of evidence. Nevertheless, when Trump was elected, for all the, for all the chanting lock her up, the fact is, the Trump administration never took a step in the direction of actually trying to imprison Hillary Clinton or incriminate her or put her on trial. It was a slogan, but it wasn't the American way. You beat Clinton, and that's it. We move on and we govern now. This idea of now taking an election and turning it into an excuse to purge one's enemies, that's the kind of thing that we associate with the Soviet Union of a previous time, darkness at noon, show trials, this kind of thing. It's not the American way. And so, but but the response, is the response then, does it need to be uh, altered at all from previous uh, elections where after Obama, we'll survive Obama, we got to fight Obamacare and so on and so forth, but there wasn't this purge afoot. After Bill Clinton won in 92, there wasn't this purge afoot. Does the purge that is afoot that you're describing, and we see examples of it every day, uh, significant examples, does it require responding in a different way than we are accustomed to? I think we do have to be prepared to go to court in many situations and to sue the heck out of certain employers and others if they, uh, if they for example, terminate people uh, in violation of the public policy uh, that's represented by the First Amendment, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, uh, freedom to uh, advocate on that level. And I do believe in certain situations it will be important to go to court. But on another level, I think that we as as uh, conservative populists, I guess that's the term more even than to use the term Republican, as conservative populists who believe in a different kind of approach, we're going to have to fight the, the Biden administration primarily by by girding our loins and getting ready to take back the Congress in two years. What We're about, going to take back yeah, the Congress. What, what about the, this idea that was uh, bandied about on a blog? Sort of interesting. And, and, and um, you get to it, but you don't uh, propose this in your piece about the Mike Lindell and, and Trump supporters being everywhere. Mike Lindell here, here again, here's somebody who's being deplatformed. His products are being removed from stores and so forth. Um, but the um, the idea that, you know, uh, all those deplorables, those credulous boomer rubes, they're uh, in a lot of the skilled trades that so many of the champagne socialists rely on. So the next time you call your HVAC vendor because you got a problem with the furnace, 
and he asks you, who'd you vote for? Or the next time a plumber shows up and says, you know, I was going to snake that drain, but uh, I see you have a hate has no home here sign in your yard. So, no, I'm not going to. Um, what about the response from Trump supporters to deplatform the left where they can the way the left is deplatforming the right? I'm not big on that. I'm big on beating them straight frontally. I'm not as big on deplatforming them or taking revenge because in the long run, I believe that creates a kind of war and hatred that, that just gets deeper and deeper. It, it began with really Obama. Obama came in in 2008 to a happy country that was doing very well. We had racial harmony. We had no real social discord. And he came with a bitterness and an agenda. He came in, he was supposed to be proof that America was past any kind of racial divides. Here we elected a president who identified as black, even though he was uh, reared by his white grandmother, his white mother's black father had practically nothing to do with him, was in Africa the whole time. He, he was raised in Hawaii. He was raised at Columbia University for undergrad. However, he got in there and he was raised at Harvard Law School. And, um, but he was talking about, you know, he, he's like post-racial. And he came, he created an environment that created this kind of a bitter divide racially, socially. And I, I'm just not into, I, I, when we take back the House and Senate in two years, and uh, God willing, the presidency in 2024, returning it to conservative populism again, uh, I, I'm not as interested in seeing us go after uh, Democrats and liberals on a personal basis. That's sort of what I think the game plan's got to be. We already control most of uh, the majority of state houses. Uh, I think that's more important in the end uh, than trying to be bitter because when you get into that bitter uh, will destroy you kind of mentality uh, it, 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 pay, it it down the down the line uh, there's a price to be paid for that just as the way that we feel right now even more bitter by the way they're trying to go after us personally rabbi duff fisher high stakes litigation attorney adjunct professor of law and rabbi of young israel of orange county california rabbi duff fisher thanks as always for joining us appreciate it thank you so much for having me again Show at danproftshow.com.